Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This morning, we're going to be looking in Ruth, chapter number one, and as we look, uh, we have been talking about the big invite, and we're, uh, in case you missed it last week, we're going to start out, we're going to uh, watch the video again this week, and so uh, let's watch this uh, video about the big invite. They're all around us. The 7.1 million Georgia residents apart from God. They're our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates, even our kin. You probably already think about the fact that they are on their way to an eternity in hell apart from Christ. But here is what you may not be aware of. For every 10 who are lost around us, seven of those have never been invited to church in their whole lives. What's worse, each year, only two out of 100 churchgoers invite anyone to church. But 82% of our unchurched neighbors say they are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. What does this mean for Georgia Baptists? It means we are in the midst of a massive untapped opportunity to have more guests than ever in our churches, if only an intentional effort is applied. With this in mind, our church has decided to unite with other Georgia Baptists to participate in the Big Invite Campaign. The Big Invite Campaign is designed to provide you and every other Georgia Baptist the tools needed to invite one million households across Georgia to Easter services this year. And it's easier than you think when we each do our part. Using a few simple tools that talk about Easter as a time for a new beginning, you'll discover super simple ways to help friends, neighbors, and loved ones think about Easter in a new life this year. And wouldn't it be great to see more come to church and to Christ this Easter as a result of your efforts? So let's make eternal difference together by giving everyone in our area a really big invite to our church this Easter. We have been talking or brought up last week and mentioned it earlier about inviting people for Easter. If you haven't filled out your card yet, uh, there are, like as we said, there's some there in the back. And really just challenging each person to invite at least seven people uh, to church for Easter. And uh, that you pray for those people and invite them uh, to church for Easter. And it's... Uh, I think all of us would be easy to find seven people to invite. And 
if we just look around at those around us. Um, and at times, it may be somebody much closer than we think. You know, somebody in our own family or somebody, in, a friend of ours that uh, that's their family. You know, if, it, uh, if there's one person, if there's only ever one person invites you to church and they invite you over and over and over again, I mean, that's still great. But uh, what if more than one person invited you? You know, so we need to help help each other out, reach out uh, to each other's family. But, uh, you know, here today, we're going to be looking in Ruth chapter number one at a message entitled, Please Pass the Bread. Please Pass the Bread. You know, back in, that, uh, back in this time, back in Bible time, bread was extremely important. Bread is what sustained life, uh, was uh, bread. And as we look at this thing, of the big invite and inviting others to church, uh, we need to we need to prepare for Easter much more than just preparing by inviting others to church. The first thing is this: when we go to invite others to church, will people see that there's a difference in our life if there's something in our life that they want and something in our life that they need? You know, and really the question would be, would they see that we have any bread? You know, uh, when it comes to church, they uh, they say that back a number of years ago, when 9-11 happened, and you know, a lot of you young people may weren't even alive when the attack happened on the Twin Towers. But all of us that were alive remember it well. Probably you can even... Remember where you were at when that when that happened. But as the attack happened on the Twin Towers, they say that the week after the attack, or the Sunday after the attack, that church attendance across America had doubled. But within a few weeks, the attendance numbers in churches were back down to where they were before 9-11 had happened. Why? When people showed up, they did not find what they were looking for. They did not find bread. They didn't find what would sustain them uh, through life. And the question is, when people show up here at Hemptown for Easter, Will they find bread? Will they find a reason that they need to come back? This past, uh, well, back a few weeks ago, I was reading on the internet, and actually it was on an atheist website, and it was talking about uh, people that had attended church, and they said they just did not find anything that they needed there. They found no bread. You know, just... Over the last few weeks, the adult Bible study, they went through the book of Ruth. And, and uh, within the past couple of weeks, I've read through the book of Ruth again myself and really thought about this message that actually I preached back a few years ago. You know, please pass the bread. And with Jesus, when he, he used this illustration of bread and put a spiritual meaning to it, and really begin talking about himself. 
In John chapter number 6, and beginning with verse 32, Jesus was teaching, and he said, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, for us, do we have that bread of life? Do we have Jesus living in our life in such a way that others realize that we have bread, we have what they need. Jesus went on down in chapter John chapter 6 and verse 46, and he goes on, not, uh, not that anyone has seen the Father except he is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. And in our life, I wonder, are we demonstrating that we have that bread of life? Are we demonstrating that we have that? You know, for us today, I'm not going to be speaking about losing our salvation. But have you, in your life, have you came to the point where you've lost that close fellowship with God? Back when I was in school at Georgia Tech, Angie and I were married, and we were... We, we did not have much money, okay? We, like a lot of young married people and then a lot of folks in college, we were pretty much broke. But one thing we'd usually do, we'd usually go out to eat once a quarter. You know, a lot of folks go out once a week. We'd go out about once a quarter. And usually it'd be a celebration when we finished the quarter, made it through. You know, we'd go out and we'd, uh, we'd celebrate and there was uh, Angie worked across the street from the High Museum of Art downtown in Atlanta. And they built a new building beside the building that she worked at is Colony Square. And some of y'all probably say, that's, that's been there all my life. Well, that's, you know, that's where it is, Colony Square. And the dentist that she worked for at the time told her about a, a restaurant there in Colony Square that was a nice restaurant, but it was a good value for money. You know, it was a nice place, and we kind of got where we'd usually, at the end of the quarter, we'd go out there to eat. And it was called the Country Place. And the Country Place, it was a nice restaurant. It was a restaurant you go in, the lights were kind of down low. They had candles on all the tables. Had somebody playing a grand piano back there in the background, you know. It was a nice place. And one thing that I liked about the country place the most was they had these rolls. <laughs> but they were just good, you know. <laughs> they had butter with this herbs and stuff in it, just the right mixture. And you'd put that butter on those hot rolls, and goodness, it was just... 
you know, it, it's just good. You know, I'm making y'all all want to go eat, right? We'll load up and go. No, it's just, it was, it was just good. You know, have the music in the background, the nice tablecloths on the tables, and just a nice day. Well, once, one of the times we went, there was a couple friends of ours, uh, Steve and Frida, which they're married now. They weren't at the time. Actually, just this past week, I heard from Steve. But anyway, with with uh, Steve and Frida were there, and as we were sitting there in the restaurant, we noticed there was a group of people <coughs> in town that was going to be doing a parade in Atlanta. <coughs> Oh, on the next day, I guess, and uh, this group of this organization, you could tell that there were several tables from this organization around there in the country place just by what they were wearing and their hats and stuff they had on. And there was one particular table that they were kind of loud and bolsterous, and and you could, uh, uh, it was hard to not hear what was going on at their table. And one of the fellows that were sitting there, he hollered down to the other end of the table, and he said, Hey, Ernie, give me a biscuit. And so this fellow that I presume was Ernie picked up one of the rolls out of the basket and threw it to the other end of the table. And some of y'all may think that was rude, and it was. That's uncalled for, and it was. But you know what? Ernie wanted to make sure that his friend had bread. And I wonder in our life, are we prepared to make sure, no matter how unorthodox the manner is, that our friends have bread? Let's all stand. We're going to read Ruth chapter 1. We'll begin with verse 1, read through verse 6, and preach those six verses. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in those day, uh, in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Emelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of the two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrodites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Emelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Ophrah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years then Malon and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you would just work in this place in a mighty way. God, I just pray, God, right now that your spirit would fill this place. 
God, convict each of our hearts, God. Lord, I just want to pour myself out before you. God, work in this place. Challenge us. Lord, help us that we'll leave change today. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, today, as Christians, we should be passing on the bread of life. We, uh, just as Jesus used the illustration of bread, I think we can see three things in this passage today that can apply to our life. And I've already said, well, I'm not going to be talking about us losing our salvation, but do you have that close fellowship with God? Do you possess bread in your life? Do, here at Hemptown Baptist, do we have bread? Do, we, do others see that we have bread in our life? You know, are the ovens on? Are we ready to begin serving bread? Here in this passage, this lady uh, today, this uh, fellow, Elimelech, and his wife, Naomi, they had two sons. Verse 1 tells us that there was a famine in the land. It doesn't tell us why that there was a famine in the land. It was told us it was at the time of the judges. It could have been because they were overrun by a foreign country. It could have been because of weather. It could have been for uh, no telling all the different reasons. But there was a famine in the land. And the question comes back, is there a famine in your life? You know, for whatever reason, has there come a famine in your life where you don't have that bread of life flowing from you? Where you've lost that fellowship with Christ? You know, if, if, if God, if you say there was a time in my life where God was closer to me, where I was closer to God, who's moved? It wasn't Him, right? Here, they experienced the famine. But whatever your reason for loss of bread, you can return to Jesus and return to that close fellowship with Him today. But let's look, first thing, I think we can see in this passage, the loss of bread creates desperation. What did the Bible say in verse 2? The, man, the name of the man was Imlech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of the two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrodites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. You know, the, the Bible here, the name Bethlehem actually means house of bread. That's what it means. And if you look, we can see because the Bible said there were no bread, there was no bread in the house of bread, they started seeking for bread outside the plan and the will of God. They started looking for other places to find bread. You know, for us today, are you seeking outside Christ to find for? To find fulfillment in your life. And so many people seek so many places to try to find that bread. To try to find those. You know, for us today, look around you. I'm sure all of you can name people that a year ago, or two years ago, or three years ago, 
was here in this church and are not in church anymore. You know what they need? They need bread in their life. And I'm not talking about somebody that's left this church and went on to some other church. I'm talking about folks that are not here. Look around beside you. So many of us have family members away from God. What are we seeking? They need that life-staining bread of Jesus Christ. Here, today, we need to be the one that, support, that can point them to Christ. You know, in your life, are you living close to God? You know, one thing I think most people struggle with This one thing I talk about a lot. You know one reason I talk about it a lot, John? Because it's something I struggle with. You know what we need to do? We need to make sure we have a daily time with God every day. Why? We need to have that daily feast of the bread of His Word. Why don't you go three or four or five days or a week without eating? You know what you become? You go a week without eating, you know what you become? Weak, right? You spend a week without spending time in God's Word. You know what you become? Weak. You know why it's easy for Satan to just blow us away with any little thing because we don't spend time in God's Word. We're taking in His bread. You know, Elimelech's name was God. The meaning of His name is God is my kingdom. You know, for Elimelech, he wasn't living up to his name, was he? I wonder how many of us call ourselves Christians and we don't live up to our name. We need to be living up to the name of Christ. You know what Naomi's name meant? Beautiful. You're going to see, if you read through the book of Ruth, she ended up, she said, I need to change my name because I'm not living up to my name. Because there was no bread in the house of bread, Elimelech started searching for bread outside the promised land of God. Are you searching for bread somewhere outside of what God would have you do? But not only do we see the loss, uh, the loss of bread, we can see the looking for bread creates delusion. Looking for bread creates delusion. The loss of bread creates desperation. Looking for bread creates delusion. Verse number three. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. You know, for Naomi, she went from famine in the land to saying farewell and left. She went from farewell to funeral. 
there for the funeral of her husband. I wonder how many people have just continued to experience losses because they're trying to seek fulfillment outside of God. Verse number four. Now they took wives, her two sons, now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Ophrah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. You know what they were trying to do? They were trying to find a way to live outside of God's plan. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you begin reading there, in verse 3, the Bible tells them to don't have anything to do with the people of the land of Canaan. And it told them in verse 3, do not marry them. Why? Because God knew if they started intermarrying with the people of Canaan, the people of Moab who worship gods similar to Baal, that they would begin to be pulled away from God. But what did these two fellows do? Because their father had taken them to the land of Moab, they started trying to live their life outside of the plan of God. And how many of us today are trying to live our life and get by outside of the plan of God? How many people of our family are trying to live their life and get by outside the plan of God? How many people that we know that used to be faithful to God are trying to live their life and get by outside the plan of God? You know why? They first, it started by losing that fulfilling life of Christ, living that, losing that bread in their life. Then they become delusion. They started trying to look for other ways to fulfill their life. You know, for us, so many times in churches, we get caught up in so many things. In our lives, we get caught up in religion instead of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We get caught up in tradition. We've always done it this way. It's always happened this way. And you know, for, as, as time goes on, the reason so many churches are dying and stuff is because the younger folks coming on, it hadn't always been that way for them, right? Hmm? Well, what we need to do is get away from religion and get back to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, for us here at Hemptown Baptist Church, we only have one thing that we can offer people. There's only one thing. As you as a Christian, you only have one thing that you can share with somebody else. And you know what that is? Bread. That's it. We have Jesus. And you know, for us, when we get out and we think we're some other kind of shop, instead of a bread store, we've missed it, right? You know, for us, we need to really, we need to get back and realize that our only thing we have to offer is Jesus. And we need to start majoring on Jesus. We don't need to try to look at so many other things. You know, so many people and so many Christians, so many churches... They want to claim that they have the recipe for bread. Oh, I know how to make bread. But you're not showing me bread. Oh, I know everything about bread. I know everything about Jesus. But are you showing me Jesus in your life? 
That's where we need to be. We need to be showing Jesus. We need to be spreading. We need to be passing the bread. You know, for so many, for so long, people think that people have changed churches and stuff out of worship style and, you know, for music that's played, this sort of thing. And actually, I read a study back a couple of years ago. It's actually a book uh, called Essential Church. And they said, really, young people do not leave or stay in a church because of different worship styles. It's not about performance. You know what it's about? It's about God's presence. That's what we need to seek. When we prepare to show up here this morning, I wonder how many, before we ever left our house, started praying and saying, God, I want to see you there today. I don't care if anybody else is there, God, if you're there. You know, we need God's presence. God and His Son, Jesus Christ, does not need to be prominent in this church. They need to be preeminent. You know what that means? It doesn't mean that He needs to be one of the big things. He needs to be the thing. The reason we show up here is because of Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross, he died for us. That's where we need to put our focus. Let's go on down. Verse number five. The Bible says, Then Malon and Chilion also died, and the woman survived her two sons and her husband. I just tell you what, for Naomi, things just kept getting tough, didn't they? She left her family, went to a foreign land, had not only the funeral of her husband, the funeral of her two sons, it just looked like there was no hope. But I just tell you what, today, there is hope. Because Jesus did say in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, Jesus is the answer. He's the one. And let's see. In verse 6, the Bible says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. You know, a life of bread creates a draw. The loss of bread creates desperation. Looking for bread creates delusion. But the life of bread creates a draw. There, when she was down in Moab, she heard what was going on back in Bethlehem. And she heard that there was no longer a lack of bread. There was bread at Bethlehem. And you know what Naomi did? She loaded up and she went back to the house of bread. You know, for us today, we need to realize that if in our life 
if we'll get close to Jesus, if people start seeing him in our life, and if when we come in this place, if the main reason we show up is to lift up the name of Christ, others will hear that we have read that Jesus is here. So that when we do invite them, they'll want to come and be drawn to the one that can make a difference in their life. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 32, and if I am lifted up from the earth, I, uh, and, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. If we'll just lift up Jesus. You know people? Do people know that we have bread? Do people know a difference in your life? Do people know that you have bread? You know what our chief concern should be? First off, that we have bread. <laughs> then our next chief concern should be dispensing the bread. Passing the bread. Giving others Jesus. Giving Him. I wonder, are we more concerned about what others think of us? Are we more concerned about our popularity than we are with Sharing Christ with them. You know, this morning, I think there's three parts of the invitation this morning. The first question that I need to ask you is this. Have you ever tasted the bread? Have you ever tasted that bread of life? Do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You know, if you never come to the point in your life where you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you can make that decision today. Jesus came and died. The Bible says that God demonstrated His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Jesus died to forgive us so that we could be forgiven of our sin. You know, you can trust Him as your Savior today. If you have trusted that bread, the next question, if you've tasted of that bread, do you have bread in your life? Do others see that you have that close relationship with Christ? Do you spend time with Him daily? Do others know that there's something different in your life? And then the third question. If you do, if you have tasted that bread, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, and if others can see Christ in your life, the big question is, are you passing the bread? Are you sharing Jesus with others? You know, I, I guess I'm kind of convinced in my life. If you have bread in your life, you'll, pass, you'll be passing bread in your life. 
If you're not passing and sharing Christ with others, the reason is probably because you don't have any to give out. Where are you at today? We're going to have a, a hymn of invitation. And really, you have a choice today. You know, you can say, goodness, I'm glad he's done and leave. And you can make a choice and say, God, I want to pass the bread. I want to share the bread of life with others. We're going to first, we're going to have a, a really our invitation is going to be three parts today. Three points in the message, three challenges in the invitation. We're going to have three point parts. We're going to have a time of prayer, then we're going to sing a verse of song. The first, the first verse, if you just have something you need to pray about, if you need to trust Christ, you come. If you want to come Pray and say, God, I need that close relationship restored. You come. You need to come pray and say, God, help me to share the bread of life with others. You come. The second part of our invitation is everyone that will, we're going to bring forward the prayer cards that we have. And say, I'm making a commitment, a public commitment. Pray for and invite the people that I've listed on this page. Then the third part of our invitation, everyone that will say, I'll daily pray for all the people that's been, that's been brought forward. We're going to have that opportunity to make that commitment. But as I pray, and then we'll sing the first verse, if you need to speak to God, if you need to trust Him as your Savior, if you need to make a commitment to you, I ask that you come. Let's pray. God, I just pray for work in our hearts today. God, it's just an ordinary service. But God, even right now, deal with our hearts. God, help me. God, that I be more than someone who just says I know how to make bread. God, I'd be a maker. God, I'd be one that has bread demonstrated through my life. Demonstrating to how you living in me. God, that I'd be willing to share your love with others. God, speak to people in this place today. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.